Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. you can download this episode and all other episodes this is episode 21 on Spreaker and just go to trendchat247.com we are available on Google Play and iTunes and if you want to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter it's all the same name trendchat247 and today being a Wednesday is kind of a little bit of an unusual day for us to be on. Ah, well, because we, we're still learning the ins and outs as far as what we what we need to do, and so we're trying some new things that I'm not, you know, uh, well well versed in. So it was a little bit of trial and error yesterday, and kind of found out. <laughs> I don't know if how many people are were noticing that they were seeing something saying about episode 21 but there were nothing but music so 
right now we are on live again and hopefully we really are live that people are listening in and hopefully we will get through this episode and as i've stated on facebook um well i've I've deleted that because we weren't able to be live but we have a lawyer and a doctor on this week um today we will have the lawyer uh we basically have what i would say is our legal counsel uh, with us and also on tomorrow now we will have a doctor and who I will I'll reveal who the doctor will be later on in the show. But um, right now, before I um, get into the legal issues, I do want to touch on a couple of things. Uh, it's funny because since yesterday, uh, a lot has happened, at least in one sense. Um, Fox News has has released saying that Bill O'Reilly would not be coming back to to his show. So that was today. And last I heard that Tucker Carlson will be moving into his spot. So I don't know if that was that temporarily or as a permanent move or not, but that's definitely, definitely a shakeup going on there. Um, I think many people know as far as what's been going on with uh, Bill O'Reilly, as far as the sexual allegations that were, um, that, he has been guess, going through and you know not really going in, into whether he did it or not really don't know but either way that really has plagued his show and him and now he's no longer coming back to Fox so so now you it's funny in thinking about that and now you who knows who's gonna either come up through Fox News or they're bringing someone in or whatnot. But um so that happened today and um it's, I don't know if people who are following sports um former New England Patriots tight end Aaron Hernandez was uh committed suicide uh, at least that what was told at first. Now the story has changed a little bit. Now they're just saying he was he was found dead. So now I guess they're doing some sort of investigation and um, maybe some maybe some foul play. I don't know, but now uh, but he is dead. That is that is one thing for for sure. But um, so that that is um ongoing, and also um yesterday um. The man uh, was Steve Stevens, who up in Cleveland, who um, who murdered the the grandfather, Mr. Godwin. Uh, he was found yesterday, and then he committed suicide. Um, so that whole saga has basically kind of came and came and went, given from a video that was on Facebook of him. Well killing Mr. Godwin which was um very tragic to see and going and then there was basically like a manhunt for like the next um, about 24 to 36 hours until they found him which turned to find out if I remember is actually someone he went to a McDonald's and I guess someone recognized him and, and turned him in 
by whole. Now I don't remember the whole story, but I last what I read it said that he that the employee at McDonald's like held his French fries or, or something like that, which you know <laughs> that's something else. And and think about it, you know, his, I don't know what his last meal like a Big Mac or something. That just that's something to kind of ponder. I don't know. It's just something I was just thinking about, but. But yeah, so but that happened. That was on yesterday, and also there was a a special election for uh, Representative Tom Price seat, who is now at um, Health and Human Services now. Um, so, and I don't. There was essentially there was one Democrat against. I forgot how there was a lot of Republicans running. <laughs> Um, but even with that one Democrat and with the litany of Republicans, that one Democrat couldn't get over 50%. So now they're going to a runoff in June, which in just in that, that's a a bit of a victory in itself. So now you have a one-on-one, uh, with, uh, I think Ms. Handel, um, and, uh, uh, Osoff, I think I'm saying his last name right. So, that would be interesting. And now that you have a one-on-one situation, I'm guessing, uh, I don't know if president Trump's going to get involved as far as any campaign stops, or at least I haven't heard anything myself, but, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's going to be a hotly contested, um, contest where you probably going to have everybody. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Obama shows up there to try to have, try to, give some some credibility to try to boost them up the democrat in the, in this race so that's like i said that runoff is in june so oh, we'll definitely see what's all is going on up to to that time uh also i want to mention that uh we are on the uh, the narrative times uh, we are on their website, and then we appreciate being on there. Uh, we're soon to be on Politichicks, probably sometime this um, later this week. And really appreciate them having us on as well. And speaking of Politichicks, I I am a contributor for Politichicks, if anyone didn't know. And if um, you want to read some of my articles, just go to politichicks.com slash author slash Brian Bledsoe. And one of my articles is in the new book that is out right now called Politics, A Clarion Call to Political Activism, which you can get on Amazon um, by looking up that name. I'll say it again, Politics, A Clarion Call to Political Activism. And one of my articles that I contributed for Politics is in that um, book. It is an article about the my journey to become a national delegate to the Republican National Convention last year up in Cleveland. And so the updated version of that article is in the book. Um, the original version is still online if you like, like to read that. And like I said, you can go to politichicks.com slash author slash Brian Bledsoe to, to see that article there. And actually... Anne Marie uh, Morell, Morgan Brittany, and Sonia Sasser are currently doing a book tour 
Um, I think today, I think they may be in New York today, but um, they had a book signing in Washington, D.C., and they have uh, events, book signing events in New York, Philadelphia, um, South Carolina, I think North Carolina, and and I'm guessing they're going to add some more dates to other places um, soon. So uh, I I would definitely encourage you to get that book. Um, not only just because I'm in it. Well, somewhat. Well, yeah, I, I'm in it, and <laughs> I would like you to not only just read my article because the book is over 300 pages long, and it has uh, all the you know. Well, not all, but just select contributions from all the contributors of politics, and and so we're talking about a um, I, I don't know exactly how many articles, individual articles are in there, but yeah, I mean there's there's plenty for anyone who um who is interested as far as when it comes to political activism, and I actually think this book is pretty timely because if um even if people who are supportive of the president and you know just republicans and conservatives in general um just because republicans are in the white house or in both chambers of commerce or you know in the majority uh, just because all these are in the republicans favor this is not the time to sit back and just coast and think and and not be engaged in the process. Actually, this is the best time to be engaged because now you actually have more of a more of a chance to be heard as opposed to the past eight years, where the chances to to have any influence in the White House, especially, were slim. Not take that back. There were none. <laughs> not not slim at all. There was none. <laughs> but um. So this is a time more than any to get involved in not only just the federal government, your state government, local government. I mean, just if uh, if you're a Republican right now, this is like I'm just just reiterating that you know this is not the time just to sit back and just relax. This is a time to really really get in there to go to the offices and make your voice known. And so that's what I was saying. I think this book is pretty timely in talking about political activism in that sense. And also want to want to mention about a group um, called the Founding Project. And talking about political activism, um, these group of folks, uh, they are bringing civics to citizens, which basically means they're just trying to educate people on the founding documents like the constitution the declaration of independence and just trying to have more informed pe- more more informed citizens really to understand wh- what it means to be a citizen of this country and i i really believe if more people knew basic civics um you wouldn't have so you wouldn't have so many people that are in favor of things like socialized health care or free college or whatnot or wanting to take away people's second amendment rights or even first amendment rights or in that sense so 
just um definitely we just wanted to give them a, a shout out as always um i definitely appreciate them and as i said before definitely looking forward to having some of them on to talk to give a lot more details as far as what they're doing and what they're looking to do in the future so with that being said like i said earlier i did um i did say we are going to have a doctor and a lawyer on the show for the next two days and today we have the lawyer and um i just want to bring on as i would say our legal counsel uh, it's a good friend of mine um and his name now um i think this might be the one of the first times i should say his first name i'm gonna try to say it right because normally i just call him tj but i'm gonna say his name his name is Taring j mcgrew now i don't know where are you there tj i'm here good uh, evening how are you i'm doing all right now uh, now did i say your name correctly of course you did, man. You know how to say my name. Well, I just, well, you see, I always, I always just said TJ. So, so when someone asks me, I just say, I just said TJ. Then I like, but if I want to get legal, I mean, we're doing a legal, you know, segment here. So I want to make sure I'm doing, make sure I'm, you know, by the letter. Of course, man. Yeah. So I'm Taryn McGrew. I'm a lawyer. Um, Brian and I have been for a number of years happy to be here happy to chop it up with you and talk about a couple of things that have been on our minds the last couple of weeks oh yeah so um actually going to get right into it now um and first i want to go to everyone's favorite punching bag that would be uh, uh well i'm going to say american but united airlines and if it's not kicking folks off for leggings or dragging folks through the aisles or scorpions falling from the sky well inside the planes or uh kicking couples off before they go to their wedding i mean they seem like they just can't get out of their way they're just having a pr nightmare by the day seems like and of all those things i've mentioned and i'm pretty sure i wouldn't be surprised all of those turn to lawsuits but as of right now we just have um one lawsuit at least that i know of um from dr david dow who was the man who was pulled out of his seat and dragged through the aisle to the shock and just <laughs> surprise of the passengers just seeing this man being dragged and um not surprising he has filed a lawsuit now i've mentioned about this lawsuit last week and i didn't you know i didn't see this really going anywhere only because i really didn't i just didn't see I, well I'm, i kind of feel like that it might be that it won't go to like some sort of court and that it you know as far as a trial or whatnot that it, at least it, if anything it will probably be settled out of court or whatnot just because united probably just want to get this i don't know out of the way but you know i'm not a lawyer that's why i bring you on so what do you think on this uh well it's very interesting so let me start off by saying that while, yes, I am a lawyer, uh, you and I have gotten together for me to offer my legal opinion, but that I'm not offering legal advice. So I got to put that disclaimer out there, Brian. Before of course. I get that in trouble. Of course. <laughs> right. So uh, it's my understanding as of right now that uh, David Dow has not actually filed a lawsuit that his lawyers have said that a lawsuit is likely, uh, but they have not actually filed it yet. 
but that's basically lawyer speak for it's coming. So uh, we, we know that that lawsuit is coming really soon. Here's what I will say. I've, I've seen a lot of opinions on both sides of this argument. There are experts that believe that Dr. David Dow stands to recover quite a bit from this incident. But then there are others that think that uh, United might actually be somewhat in the clear on this. I tend to fall a little bit or lean a little bit towards that side, and I'll tell you why. Uh, first of all, in the contract of carriage, which is basically the contract that you agree to, whether you know it or not, whether you agree with the terms or not, whenever you buy an airplane ticket, every airline uh, has a contract of carriage. They're required by regulations to post that on their website. Uh, so if you go to any airline website, including United, uh, the contract of carriage is there. One of the things that it, that it allows them to do is to be able to deny you boarding involuntarily. Um, now, a lot of people will say, well, he was sitting in his seat, so I mean, can he still kick him off? And the answer is yes. yes. Uh, you know, flight attendants on the flight have legal authority to give you orders, and that if you don't follow those orders, uh, you can be subject to penalties or criminal charges as a result of not following a flight attendant's orders. Um, so I think, one, you have notice of the request for volunteers to, uh, to not board the plane. United gave that notice while they were at the gate, gave that notice again while people were on the plane. Uh, so he had sufficient notice. Um, he was asked directly to leave by a flight attendant who has legal authority to do that. Um, and so he disobeyed those orders. That doesn't look good for him in a civil suit. But here's the other thing, man. I see that the people that actually took him off the plane were not United employees. They were actually airport police. And so there's going to be a question there about who is actually responsible and who owes a legal duty to protect him in a situation like that. And does the law provide some room in a situation where security is trying to remove a guy that he might get roughed up a little bit in the process? And so I think there's some, some real questions here. Now, I've heard some people say that perhaps United breached their contract of carriage when they allowed him to sit on the sit on the plane and then ask and then kind of forcibly denied him boarding later on before the flight took off. I think that's a legal question that I have to be decided by a jury, but I'm not so certain that that's a clear and cut question. And then my final take on that, Brian, is ultimately I think that the PR hit that United has already suffered from to the tune of almost $800 million in lost value, according to the latest numbers. I think that United is probably going to try to find a way to settle this amicably and try to make this go away quietly. So uh, this may be much ado about nothing, but it's some interesting legal questions involved. Yeah, I definitely agree with the whole settlement. Um, I mean, it'll probably be months and months from now when everyone's probably, you know, distracted and had totally forgotten about old old David Dow and <laughs> then there'll be some settlement <laughs> in the next couple of months and you know I don't know you know I don't know, maybe a couple of million who knows what he might get but um but yeah settlement I think is pretty much is it's 
coming down sometime. But I got to say this, man, uh, you know, just speaking more practically about this, so this isn't a legal opinion, this is just you and I talking, uh, this seems like a really low-stakes situation for a, doc, a well-paid doctor to scream and, and holler about. I mean, they, they offered you 800 bucks. They were probably going to offer him a hotel room, and I suppose if he raised his voice enough, they probably would have given him a meal voucher. Well, now didn't I they? I could have. Didn't they? That. Didn't they? Um, stop offering. I mean, that's how the situation came. What it is because they offered. They offered four hundred. Then they offered eight hundred. Then they started picking people around. Like they could have went higher, but they stopped. Cause I, cause that's what I was saying. Like I mentioned last week, I feel like that United got cheap. All of a sudden, because they they offer four hundred, eight hundred, then they stopped and like, okay, let's start taking folks off, and then like, even though they could have went higher than eight hundred, I mean, isn't that the wasn't that the case? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, but he had that offer at the gate too. Oh, okay. So before he even got on the plane, that offer was made to him at the gate for eight hundred bucks, an overnight stay, and likely he would have gotten a meal voucher as well. But legally. They were only really required to offer a maximum of thirteen hundred dollars in in compensation for a denied boarding situation. Uh, now you know you've heard about Delta being able to offer up to ten thousand dollars, and I think these are just more of incentives for the airlines to get people to voluntarily not board. Uh, the cost of these denied boardings for the planes are pale in comparison to the amount of revenue that they recoup by selling more tickets than they have seats. Now and that's a separate discussion, but you know, that that's how those things work. Now, when I saw that headline from Delta saying they can, that now they were offering a th- um from as up upwards to ten thousand dollars. Now I'm pretty sure a whole bunch of people all of a sudden start buying a whole bunch of Delta tickets thinking they're gonna maybe be that one to get to the ten thousand dollars. Which I hope I I, I'm pretty sure someone did, but you know, I don't know. But right off the top of my head, the chances of that actually happening to you, of you being that one getting ten thousand dollars, it's basically it's worse than buying a lottery ticket. <laughs> <laughs> right. I I would think that you'd have to be on a flight to like the North or the South Pole <laughs> and get denied boarding before they offer you ten thousand dollars. But if you're just going from Dallas to Austin, forget about it. I could just imagine someone someone saw that headline, ten thousand dollars. Hey, let, hey, let's go to Atlanta. Like we we live in Atlanta. Exactly. <laughs> I could just imagine people just went just started oh well Delta's I'm gonna be flying Delta from now on. I might get ten thousand dollars out of it. You know, there is actually a great channel on YouTube uh by a group called Wendover Productions. Uh they recently produced a video in response to the whole United situation. And one of the statistics that they offered on that video was that over the course of the year, U.S. airlines, uh, uh, when you think about the million or so flights that are flown each year here, that people only deny boarding on about 40,000 of those flights. So when you think about that $10,000 and you think about your odds, I think you're right. It's about the same as buying a lottery ticket. Well, it's probably worse than buying a lottery ticket, if I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> I mean, pretty bad. But um, so all right, let's uh get to the next, I guess, legal issue, and that will be going on at the Blaze right now. And uh, first, we had Tommy Laren, who 
sued the Blades because she says she was wrongfully terminated, which, as I mentioned last week, it's kind of difficult. I don't see how you can be terminated and but still be paid. Um, as she revealed herself on the Nightline interview, and on Monday, uh, the Blades countersued Miss um, Laren. So now they have put out, you know, some. I guess some, um, I guess some issues as far as what they had with, um, with Tommy while she was well, there, or at least while she was doing the show. So I said last last week, I don't, I don't know why this, <laughs> why she would go through with this lawsuit for two reasons. One, because her contract ends in September, and I just felt that by the time they go through all all the you know paperwork and getting this all going up and running it probably will be past september maybe by the time they um get this get to the end of it at least and two i just didn't like i said she is still being paid so i didn't see how being wrongfully terminated you know uh sticks so but like i said before that's why i bring you on so what are your thoughts on that well, Brian, yeah, this is another uh, very interesting case. Um, I don't, I, I do think the Blaze has a strong case, and I think Laren has a very steep uphill battle to try to win her claim. You're absolutely right that if the Blaze really wants to stretch this thing out, I think they could very well do so. And this, and by the time that this thing is ready to even see the light of day, she has a day in court. It's going to be past September. She's going to be free from her employment contract with the Blaze anyway. But the Blaze has contended that she's made a number of allegations that are not true. As you mentioned, uh, Tommy Laren was, has a show on the Blaze uh, that was a daily show produced by the Blaze. She had signed an employment agreement uh, upon the Blaze bringing her on to produce this show. She had expressed pro-life views with respect to abortion on a number of occasions during her employment prior to, I would say, as recently as December of 2016. And then she went on The View, I think in March, expressed some pro-choice views that upset not only the people at The Blaze, but many of their supporters and other conservatives nationwide. The Blaze briefly suspended her um, and then ultimately suspended production of her show and that's where we get this dispute. So the Blaze contends that, number one, they never terminated Tommy Laren, which you're, you're correct about that. Um, they continue to pay her, and they're relying on the pay-or-play provision in her employment contract. So these are standard provisions that are put in place. I think there's a number of reasons for them. It would seem like in this case, one of the reasons is that they want the latitude and the discretion to silence or at least to stop production on the show, especially in a situation like this, where you've got a conservative fan base and someone comes in spouting a bunch of liberal views. Like that's not what they want. That's not the reputation they want. And you don't want to have somebody take the next six months and just blow up the reputation of your organization simply because they want to go rogue. So I think it protects them from rogue employees that, uh, you know, just to sort of flip the switch in the middle of their employment. But I want to read this to you, Brian, because I think this is, is interesting. The pay and play provision in her employment contract that says this, 
employee, that's Tommy Laren, acknowledges that nothing in this agreement shall be deemed to obligate the Blaze or the Blaze's business affiliates to use or broadcast or otherwise use any or all programs or material provided by Tommy Laren or in which Tommy Laren appeared. And the Blaze shall have fully discharged its obligations hereunder by paying the applicable monetary compensation specified in paragraph 5, which is basically her salary. So they're essentially saying that they are fully discharging their obligations under the employment agreement by paying her and not producing the show. That's a pretty airtight provision in the contract. Um, here's where I think the dispute's going to be, Brian, and, and that's going to be how does either a judge or a jury interpret this particular provision? So there's a section in her employment contract called suspension slash termination of employment, and it says this in, in, in short. The Blaze has the right to suspend or terminate employees' employment and in this agreement under Section B for any of the following. And here's the disputed part, that, or the part of that, that I think is going to be in dispute. Uh, subsection 6, conduct or involvement in a situation that brings employee, that's Tommy Laren, into public disrespect, offends the community or any group thereof, or embarrasses or reflects unfavorably on the Blazers' reputation. And I think that's going to be the disputed. You know, Tommy Laren will probably say that only a few people were upset. The Blaze is going to say that this reflects unfavorably on us and our reputation amongst conservatives, which makes up the majority of our fan base uh, or the majority of our support. So that's, I think, where the fight's really going to be. There's another allegation, too, Brian, and that's with respect to how this disputes that arise under this agreement are to be handled. Uh, so there's actually an arbitration clause that's contained in this agreement that says or stipulates that any disagreements or disputes that come out of this will be uh, litigated in arbitration in the state of Texas. Uh, so the Blaze is actually contending that Tommy Laren has violated this employment agreement by filing suit in the civil district court as opposed to pursuing an arbitration panel or an arbitration judge to actually uh, litigate this dispute. So we got a number of things going on here, and the Blaze has made some interesting allegations too. I'll, I'll just reel off a couple. Uh, first, they claim that the fact that they suspended her was not directly as a result of her comments that she made on The View, that this had been brewing for a time, and that her comments on The View were the last straw. And they specifically engage in their counterclaim that Lair Tommy Laird engaged in conduct that raised serious concerns regarding her continued affiliation with the Blaze, including her treatment of the floor crew was inappropriate and unprofessional, constantly complaining about everything, including but not limited to lighting, room temperature, editing, shooting, and directing, that her word choices on air had to be addressed repeatedly for bordering on the profane, that Tommy Laren would not work with one or two full-time makeup artists, that she was overheard complaining about the Blaze and stating, quote, that she will sue the Blaze, and that she could own the Blaze when she is done, and that Tommy Laren was divisive and created conflicts with other media personalities at the Blaze. She turned down a number of advertisers at the Blaze, and she public publicly disclosed the dollar value of her wardrobe allowance, which ironically 
would be difficult for her to deny because in her lawsuit, she attached the employment contract to the petition and she redacted the amount of the wardrobe allowance. So if that was something that you felt free to disclose, why would you redact it in this in this agreement that you filed with the court? So I think this is going to be a tough one. It seems, Brian, that I think you're right. This thing could possibly stretch out where it's going to be moot. But otherwise, I don't really see the blade really budging in this one. Now, see, and it's funny because now with the news with um, – Bill O'Reilly leaving Fox News and you know a lot of people was probably thinking like you know well you know well if she don't make it with the blaze she'll just go to Fox News which now is actually there's an opening <laughs> um, and now now she's in the, if she's caught up in this legal battle she this might actually come back to hurt her big time if 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 they was even thinking about ha- bringing her on at all but I'm just saying this could now keep her from going at least for in the immediate future that, that's exactly right you know one of the things in these lawsuits is you can compel people to testify in depositions so that you can get testimony on the record that supports these allegations and so the thing that i think should concern tommy laren is if the blaze decides to file affidavits that are signed by let's say some of the floor that accuse her of being un- inappropriate and unprofessional. They testify in a deposition and a, that can be made public and discuss some of the things that she says. That's going to be a bad look for her if she's trying to find employment elsewhere. Now, I think she's going to have some offers because people oh, yeah. will hire a lightning rod anytime, right? Yeah. But this could, you know, this could impact the quality of offers that she gets out there. So, in other words, you might get paid to go anywhere, but is that really where you want to go if you're trying to further a career in broadcasting, and particularly in political commentary? So, I don't know. It'll be interesting down the line to see how far the Blaze wants to take this. But certainly, if they start getting people on the record uh, speaking specifically about the things that Tommy Lahren's are being accused of in this countersuit, I don't know if that'll be a good look for her. So, this is definitely something to keep a look keep an eye out for oh oh yeah and also i just want to put out there um um if fox news is looking for anyone i am available so um just just putting it out there just (laughs) um and i mean i'm i'm pretty sure i'll probably be a lot cheaper than what whatever tommy laren probably maybe asking or probably anyone else (laughs) well yeah definitely (laughs) so hey i just want to make i just want to put out that one on the airwaves but um Let's get to the this other one right quick. Uh, we kind of got a couple of minutes left, man. I just want to. <laughs> I mentioned this before on Facebook, and yeah, I'm just going to read the headline of this, and I'm not going to get all the way into it, but just reading the headline would be more than enough. So, in Florida, headline: Woman says she finds uninvited man inside home frying her chicken and drinking vodka. Now, I don't have too much as far as asking any legal questions about this. Just the simple fact that I just can't imagine someone breaking into someone's house, one one drinking their liquor, and then all of a sudden just out of nowhere, not not stealing anything, but just all of a sudden thinking, like, well, you know what? I feel like cooking some chicken right about now. Like, I don't feel, I, I don't want to leave. 
and, and you know, because I'm in someone else's home, I don't, I don't want to steal someone's TV or I, I'm not looking to take some jewelry. No, you know what I feel like? I feel like eating right about now. And so, and I just, this, when I came across it, I, was, I can't believe, I mean, we know all sorts of drunks that, you know, you have your angry drunks, your fighting drunks, your, your antisocial drunks, your drunks that want to tell you their whole life story, the ones that want to cry all day when they're drunk. But I never heard of a cooking drunk. So right now, right now, um, I mean, the man's name, man's name was Ronald Weasley, Ronald Weasley. Now, I said that before when I talked to you and then you actually corrected me and said that's not how you say his name. But when I read it, I was just thinking that's I, it looks like Weasley to me. But <laughs> And also, I'm just thinking about Harry Potter, so you know it, it was just too, it was just too simple for me just to say Ronald Weasley. <laughs> right. So to, to clarify, the man, the man's name was Ron Wesley. And so when Brian and I talked about this yesterday, he mentioned that the man's name was Ron Weasley, which actually is kind of appropriate because a guy that is, can get drunk enough to break into your house and not only break in but take out your frozen chicken breast and start cooking. That's a Weasley type of guy. That's probably not someone I want to call a friend. So, and the, and the interesting thing is, is that the victim here actually knew uh, knew the burglar. Uh, so he was an acquaintance. She she described him as an acquaintance, which makes this even more weird of a story uh, that you you have acquaintances that get drunk enough to break in your house and fry uh, frozen chicken breast, which. That's another thing that we talked about. That got to be some kind of a hazard, right? Because you can't drop frozen chicken breast in a frying pan full of grease. That's that's got to be some kind of hazard, right? But apparently, the man knows how to cook some chicken, though, because according to the story, one um the victims, one of her buddies of the victim, actually ate the chicken that the <laughs> that this burglar cooked, and he said, and and I quote. Um, let me see. Um, where where was that quote he said? Let me make sure I get. I want to make sure I get it right. He said, "Get it." Oh, he said, "Um, my right. buddy had eaten it, and he said it was seasoned very well." Now this man was drunk, cooking chicken. Obviously, can cook it well when he's drunk. So apparently, ah, uh, maybe he knows some secret that we don't know as far as cooking, you know, frozen chicken. I don't know, man. I'll tell you this. I saw a picture on one news story that it was captioned that I guess it was a picture. I don't know if this was a picture at the scene or if someone took it, that uh, one of the victims took it. But it was a picture of the chicken next to a bottle of Smirnoff apple vodka. Now, I would say that if that's the type of liquor that they had at their house, I don't know if I would trust anyone in their household to tell me what good fried chicken tastes like. Well, you got, so, some, you got some against. Mind, you got some against apple Smirnoff vodka. <laughs> yeah, I would say that vodka purists would say that you shouldn't add any sort of artificial flavoring uh, to a good vodka. So go ask the Russians if they like their Smirnoff with a bunch of appley peach or mango flavor. Ah, okay. See, see, I don't know. See, I have no clue. I I don't drink at all, and um. Yeah, I have no clue. You would you would have told me that I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> but um 
But I mean, I'm trying to say, Brian, did you say that I'm drinking a lot of vodka and I know a lot about it? If you, <laughs> hey, if you know, you just know. I'm not, I'm not implying anything. I'm somewhat of a Wikipedia scholar here, Brian. So just, <laughs> just roll with me on this one. <laughs> okay, hey, I take your word for it. I have to. I have no, I have no idea about how, how any of it goes. And so, now he's now. He went to jail. Now he's out on bail. Um, I'm get right. He's out on bail, right? Right. Yeah, he's out of jail, and presumably it's because he's out on bail. I mean, it, it sounds like the charges are still there, but it, it, there's a good chance that the victims, because they know this guy, could decide not to press charges, and it'll be up to the DA to decide whether or not they want to drop it in in, in light of that. But uh, right now he's out on bail. Okay, well, we've coming up on the last two minutes here, and um, I just want to say right now, I appreciate TJ coming on, giving his insight, and I mean, wasn't that a whole lot better than what I was putting my uneducated legal opinion last week? So definitely, um, glad to have him on to give his um expert opinion, and definitely look forward to having him on in the future. I appreciate it. All right, and um. Just want to. This is the last na- announcement, and I, I, I would say it's probably the most anticipated, if anything, if anyone's listening. So, on tomorrow, on the show, we will have Dr. Kelly Ward. So that is the doctor that will be on the program. Uh, she is running for U.S. Senate in the great state of Arizona, and we conducted the interview yesterday, and we will have that interview on tomorrow on the show, and uh, we'll. I think you, everyone will, will enjoy. And I just want to say I appreciate everyone listening in. And until, well, now until tomorrow, we will chat with you later. can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. 
Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea.